This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to Thursday's solo episode. This is a nice, um, what do you call it? I'm recording it the day before, which is good for you because it's very up to date when I do my book reviews and all that kind of stuff at the end. Not so good for me because I have to do all the content for tomorrow today. So anyways, usually I like to record it on Monday or Tuesday, but here we are. I set my alarm for 6 a.m. or so I thought. Do you ever do that? And so it's morning time and now it's dark for a long time in the mornings. Like it stays dark till like quarter to eight. So I'm laying in bed. It's dark. I knew that my husband had to leave early for work today. So I'm waiting for my alarm to go off. I'm like, you know, dozing off, like just like thinking about what I'm going to do today. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait. My alarm's going to go off at six and then I'm going to have an hour by myself to just drink coffee and watch breakfast television and scroll my phone, maybe do some emails. So I'm like, why is my alarm not going off? Like my husband had already left. I'm so confused. Like, wow, I must have woke up really early. I checked my phone. It's 7 a.m. I never actually set my alarm. So now I'm like in a rush because we have to leave the house. We try to leave between 7.30 and 7.45. So I'm like, great, I have a half hour to like make a lunch, get Milo up, get him dressed, make his breakfast. So I didn't even get to have coffee until we got in the car, but we made it. It was a a decent morning. Before I get into books and some other things that I want to talk about, I wanted to do this episode where... Because honestly, every time I go on a podcast, it's like, what's your advice for moms? Like if you could give one piece of advice. And usually the piece of advice that I give when I'm in that situation, like doing someone else's podcast, I say to take time to actually sit and think and reflect so you can think about what it is you want to prioritize. So you can think about what time of day it is where you feel anxious or in a bad mood and maybe try and figure out why it is that you feel that way. Like how can you make steps or like change things to have a better day? How can you get your partner more involved? Like actually sitting and thinking, which honestly we never have time to do because especially with kids, we're like, go, 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 go. You're just living the same day over and over again. And then you just it's like a robot you're like a robot just like wake up make lunch give breakfast drive to school come back do work so that's always my piece of advice for moms in general and honestly just humans in general take a moment think oh you got into an argument with your husband last night sit down think about why it is that you got upset or they got upset like How can you change things so that that doesn't happen? 
I'm always like, how can my husband and I spend more time together or even just have more conversations that don't revolve around logistics of being an adult? I was like, I need to be physically active. So how can I do that? Okay, I this is probably why I'm recording this on Wednesday and not Monday or Tuesday because I'm prioritizing being physically active now. Like today, my plan this afternoon is to go for a long walk. So things are gonna have to not suffer, but that has to be a priority. So if I have to do a little bit of work some evenings during the week so that I can be physically active during the day, that is worth it for me because honestly, just like I've gone to three yoga classes and the days where I go to a yoga class, I have more energy. Even if I haven't slept, I am energizer bunny. I feel so much better. I'm in a better mood. And there's like this sense of accomplishment. Like I can spend, like I can do what I want for the rest of the day and not have this like thing hanging over my head about you need to be physically active because I did it. And I sweat my ass off because hot yoga is exactly that. It's freaking hot. I decided to niche this episode down to three pieces of advice for new moms. And to be honest, the Instagram story that I put up where you guys submitted what your advice would be, there is so much good stuff in there that we will probably make this two or three episodes. I don't know if they'll be all in a row or if I'll scatter them. I also want to do an episode with my husband about um, Dr. Becky's book, which like I have so many ideas. Just like there's not enough episodes for my ideas, which is why I wanted a second podcast. But anyways, that's like a whole other thing. Okay, pieces of advice for new moms. So I'm going to go through what I jotted down yesterday when I was thinking about this. And then I'll go through some of the things that you guys said on Instagram. Number one, advice for new moms. Be selfish. If there is ever a time in your life where you are going to be selfish, make it an early postpartum. Be selfish. And if people have this thought or they say to you like, you're making it all about you. It is all about you, quite literally. Early postpartum is about the mom, okay? And indirectly, that makes it also about the baby. So we have to remember that. Like, we're not all about the baby. We are all about the mom in early postpartum. Your needs, your wants come first. Let me repeat that. What you want and what you need comes first. So if Auntie Linda wants to come over on Friday afternoon to visit the baby, but you're like, you know what? I'm not feeling up to it. I just want to chill and watch Love Island. Auntie Linda's not coming over because what you want and what you need comes first. Early postpartum is going to go by fairly quickly, even though some days it seems like it's going to last forever because it can be very difficult. Obviously, there's amazing moments during that time, but there's also very difficult moments and you need to take like a macro view of it and be like, how do I want to remember this time to spend this time? 
because I'm not going to get this time back. So if you want to spend that cuddling with your baby in bed watching Love Island and not hosting visitors, then make that happen. Your partner, get them on board. They also need to be someone that is advocating for what you want and what you need so that it's not always you that's like, you know what? We're not actually going to have visitors today or whatever it might be. It could be anything. You want to take your baby somewhere when somebody else wanted to come over and drop something off. Like, no. Can you do it another day? Because we're going to go do X, Y, Z. So be selfish. Your needs and your wants come before other people's needs and wants. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode of The Mom Room and providing me with samples. You know how a lot of people can't leave the house without a water bottle? It's like their emotional support water bottle. I am the exact same way with facial tissues. And that is because I have such bad allergies, specifically in my sinuses, to the point where I know I'm going to have to blow my nose multiple times in a day, and I cannot be out in public without my emotional support facial tissues. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Now I know if I have a big event, maybe I'm going to a concert, going out for dinner, I don't want to be blowing my nose every two seconds. It's very unbecoming. And so I will take Claritin D and enjoy my evening. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter or ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed. This episode is brought to you by Little Spoon. If you're like me, then the bane of your existence is thinking about what to feed your children, prepping food, going to the grocery store, all of the above. Who has the time? We are all so busy, and it's important to incorporate things into our life that keep our life as simple and convenient as possible. Little Spoon is one way to do just that. They deliver fresh, healthy meals and snacks straight to your door that your kid will love at every eating stage they are in. The baby blends are fresh, organic baby food from single ingredients to multi-textured purees to take the stress out of starting solids. They partner with Clean Label Project to test their blends for 400 plus contaminants, including heavy metals. So you know you're getting good stuff. The Biteables are finger food meals that are cut to size to promote easy self-feeding and they are healthy, balanced, and free of artificial junk. The Little Spoon Plates are toddler and big kid meals that are free of junk and they taste amazing. Even the pickiest eaters will love them. Think hidden veggie mac and cheese, chicken nuggets, and adventurous eats like potstickers, gnocchi, and more. They also offer really fun things like puffs, they have smoothies, lunchers, and snacks. You quite literally never have to think about food again. It's just easy peasy. And did I mention this all comes right to your door? It is so flexible, so easy, and everything stores right in the fridge and freezer. The price is right. The quality is unmatched. You are going to love it and your kids are going to love it. It is just a huge win for your family. 
Simplify your kids' mealtime with 30% off your first order. Go to littlespoon.com slash momroom and enter our code momroom at checkout to get 30% off your first Little Spoon order. When somebody's recovering from a cold, a flu, people are so quick to be like, oh my God, let them rest. Like, let's, you know, is there anything I can do for you? Like, let's keep it quiet. Like, you're not taking visitors yet. Like, that's totally fine. Here, let me drop off some soup and a get well card. Where is that energy for early postpartum? Because that's the energy that early postpartum mothers deserve. Okay. Not just unannounced visitors, not like, oh, we're going to come over and uh, we'll tidy up the kitchen and then sit in your living room and prevent you from being able to do whatever it is that you wanted to do. And again, a visitor is different than a support person. I will say that. Um, I didn't mean the be selfish one to be all about visitors, but that was my experience. I did not want visitors at all. So that is always top of mind for me. Try to fill your cup as much as possible and come up with a reason to have adult interaction if that is something that you are wanting because obviously early postpartum can be very isolating for the mother because you're also recovering. You know, if you're breastfeeding, you're kind of tied to being home. I know a lot of people, their babies don't take a bottle, so it's not even like they can pump and then leave. Like they have to be there every, what is it, three hours that a baby usually eats. So if adult interaction, if you want to hang out with your friend one day, try and make it happen. Like get your partner on board, whatever, whatever it is that you're needing to do. Maybe you want to go sit in a library or indigo uh, chapters and browse through new books. Like whatever it is that's going to fill your cup, try and make time for that as much as possible. Continue on with your hobbies. I know after I had Milo, I started a blog because I went from being like full-time student to then being in uh, maternity leave. And I was like, what What am I doing? Like, just felt so off. Like, yeah, I was watching a lot of Netflix and obviously you're very busy, you're recovering, you're exhausted. But I started a blog because that filled my cup and it felt good to do something like that. So yeah, be selfish. It is all about you, literally. Okay, number two. Involve your partner in absolutely everything. And I don't even like to say involve them because I'm putting that job on to the mom. You know what I mean? It's like it's her job to involve her partner. But unfortunately, not every partner will just naturally and organically start, like make themselves involved and do all the things and pick up on routines and how to do XYZ. It's like that comment that was like, oh, my husband doesn't do babies. What the fuck are you talking about? Like nobody does babies until you have a baby and then you do the babies. You know, I was very like my husband could not be, I don't know if it's because he's a doctor and they just involve themselves in things like that. Like I I also think it's how he was raised. Um, He just will do everything without me even having to say anything. 
I always feel so bad for moms that don't have that kind of an actual partner when it comes to childcare and just being an adult in a house with kids, you know? So many times I get up, like my husband leaves for work. I come downstairs and I make Milo, I go to make Milo's lunch. So I have everything ready on the counter. I go to put it in his lunch bag and the lunch is already made. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, so we double up on things because we're both the kind of person that's just like, do it. Just do it. We never have to say who's going to give him a bath. It just kind of naturally happens. Like sometimes it's my husband, sometimes it's me. It's wild. So for that to be a thing in your home and to avoid the family dynamic of one person being a default parent, they like both parents need to be involved from day one, changing diapers, prepping bottles, uh, washing the breast pump, getting, you know, stuff sterilized. All of these things, they seem like little things, but they add up. That's why I always do the default parent things that go unnoticed because on their own, these things are small, little tasks, but add them together and it's literally 24-7. So if you're doing all these things on your own, not only is it absolutely exhausting and the mental load, everything about the schedule, routines, feeding, sleeping, napping is all on you, but also when do you get to resume your life outside of the house? Once you're recovered and you're able to, you know, go to yoga, see friends, join a book club, whatever it might be. If you you are the sole person that does all those things, it's going to be very difficult for you to be able to live a life outside of the home because now you can't leave kids with your partner because they have no fucking clue what's going on. Do things together from day one. And once you have a second child, I imagine this gets more difficult because it's almost like one partner is going to do the older kid bedtime, bath time, and then the other partner would be with the baby. But at least you both had the experience with the first child to know what you're doing. Um, So you could easily switch off, easily take on both if need be. So do everything together. We did bath time. We still do bath time, bedtime routine together. And Milo is five. But one of us is gone for the night. It's like, not a big deal at all. We can both put him to bed. We can both comfort him when he's upset. We can both make him dinner. We can both do all the things. So I cannot stress that enough. So the third one that I chose was to be confident. And this is easier said than done. It's like, hey, you be confident. It's so easy to feel insecure in early postpartum. Everybody is asking you like, how's the baby sleeping? Like, what, are you breastfeeding? Are you doing this? Are you doing that? And you feel like you need to defend your choices. But I will tell you right now, you don't have to justify shit. If you wanna sleep with your baby in a bassinet next to your bed, then do that. If you want them to be sleeping in their nursery from day one, then do that. Like, do what feels good for you what is going to get you through 
this time? What is going to give everyone in the house the most amount of sleep possible? Do that. Be confident in it. I always think about the time when I was at that health food store and I was looking at, I don't know, vegan something somethings. And the woman that worked there was like, oh, are you breastfeeding? Because I had Milo in his stroller and I was like, I felt so, I don't know. It was just so weird. I was like, oh my God, now I have to explain the whole reason, like from beginning to end about why he's getting formula. And after that experience, I was like, Renee, why did you do that? Like, why don't feel that way? If people are like, oh, um, you know, if they're fighting their nap, you need to do X, Y, Z, but you're not comfortable doing that. Just like stop it right in its tracks. Like, no, we're not doing that. We were doing it this way. End of story. When um, a family member was like, you know, you can't pick him up every time he cries. I was like, no, 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 like I'm going to. And if someone else is holding him and he's crying, I'm going to take him away from that person. Because that's what makes me feel the best. And I just birthed this little human. And so I'm going to do what I want to do with that little human. Thank you so much. Oh, he's crying. Let me take him from your arms. (laughs) You know what I mean? Just stop it. Address it right in the moment. Like, don't brush it under the rug and be like, oh, and then they're constantly like making these little comments. And then you, you become resentful of them and you're irritated and you don't want them over and just fucking address it right away. Like, oh, you're giving him formula? Yeah, we are. He's hungry and we don't feel like he's getting enough breast milk. And to be honest, I don't want to breastfeed. I don't like it. So we're giving him formula. End of story. That was my vibe for the most part in early postpartum. And I wish I could give that vibe to every new mom to just be like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. End of story. My husband and I both turn the big four zero next year, and we have been thinking a lot about our long-term health. We want to get smarter about our health, make better choices, but also not feel overwhelmed trying to separate fact from fiction. There is so much information out there, and it can be hard to figure out what applies to you, what is right, and what is wrong. Well, let me introduce you to the Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast. With the help of world-leading scientists, they help you make smarter health choices every week. Don't just take my word for it. Naomi's Apple Review says, Zoe Science and Nutrition is super easy to consume even if you don't understand the science. With loads of actionable tips, a great mix of guests, and interesting cutting-edge science. You can't go wrong with a weekly podcast where world-leading scientists explain how their own research could improve your health. If you're ready to join millions of others like Naomi transforming their health, then search for Zoe Science and Nutrition wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Lola V. Lola V is an award-winning hair care line by none other than Jennifer Aniston. They offer clean, plant-powered products for every hair type and texture. I just did my whole hair care routine with all the products the other night, and I am obsessed. Along with incredible shampoo and conditioner, they have an intensive repair treatment that you can use once a week. They also have a lightweight hair oil. There's a leave-in treatment, and there's also a glossing detangling 
wrangler, which I need because lately I want to do my hair in like a slicked back look, but my hair is too frizzy. Get 15% off Lola V with the code MOMROOM at www.lolavie.com slash MOMROOM and Lola V is L-O-L-A-V-I-E. So yeah, you don't have to justify shit, okay? Now, I wrote down some pieces of advice from you guys that you sent in. These are so good. So I'm going to go through these and then remember I will probably do a second episode with advice because they're so good. And the best part is it's all advice given from moms who have gone through this. So it's very, uh, it's very good advice. Number one, don't buy all the things. Babies don't need a lot, but businesses will market anything and everything to new parents because new parents are struggling, they're stressed out. There is something for everything. Every little problem that might arise with a parent, there's a product for it. They're trying to sell things that will make early postpartum and like just parenting in general easier. You will come to realize, like, I bought the expensive $400 little thing that, like, fucking moves them around. He never used it. He didn't like it. Um, No, he liked the $50 little thing that just rocked back and forth. Expensive is not always better. It's not like they are going to prefer the $400 motion chair to the $50 one. The biggest thing that I noticed looking back is that we spent so much money on one of those big strollers that has the different seats and that you can click the car seat into. We wanted like the best one. So we bought that. I shouldn't say we. I wanted the best one. And I also wanted one that had three wheels instead of four because we were in Sudbury and the roads are garbage. And if you wanted to walk on trails, it's much easier to push a stroller that has three wheels with the one in the front than the four. So yeah, it was like an expensive uh, stroller. So we bought that and I was like, oh, it's going to last us forever because there's like the big body of the stroller. There's the car seat that clicks in when they're an infant, which is great, by the way, because if you want to go shopping, they fall asleep in the car. You just click them into the stroller. It's like beautiful. You don't have to take them in and out of the car seat. Love it. And then I was like, once he grows out of the infant car seat, then it has the big kid seat and we'll be using that forever. We did not use that forever because this the base of that stroller is so big and heavy and clunky. We ended up getting um, the stroller that we literally still use sometimes if he doesn't want to walk. It's called the Yo-Yo, Baby Zen Yo-Yo. So that was like expensive too. And it's a travel stroller. It folds right up. It comes with a backpack. You can put it on your back if you're traveling. It's incredible. So we never even used the big expensive stroller with the, the seat for bigger kids. As soon as he grew out of the infant car seat, which is like, within no time. We never use that stroller again. Now my sister uses it for Poppy, which is nice. But like, I wish we would have just bought a super cheap one that has the car seat that clicks in and then bought the travel stroller, which is what you're going to end up using for years because it's small. It's super lightweight. So yeah, the stroller was a big thing for me. Um, Another piece of advice, it's okay if your baby isn't a good sleeper. 
not every baby is going to be a good sleeper. And I feel like today there's so much pressure on parents to have a kid that sleeps. The first question out of everyone's mouth is like, when are you going to have a second? And then also, how's the, how are they sleeping? As if that's some kind of measure of, I guess it's because that's like the most difficult part of early postpartum for a lot of parents is the lack of sleep and babies being up in the middle of the night. So I get the the question, but like it also then <clears throat> makes parents feel like they need to have their kid sleeping perfectly. And that's just not the case. And, you know, everything is temporary, which is another piece of advice that someone said that I still tell myself today when we're having a difficult time. Uh, everything is temporary. So, you know, I remember once I let go of the pressure of sleeping as in like, Renee, you're going to go to sleep at nine and wake up at eight like or seven, whatever it is. That's a normal night of sleep. Once I became okay with, oh, you're up at three in the morning. Okay. Not a big deal. Like read some articles on your phone, like, you know, sing to Milo, like be okay with being up in the middle of the night. Once you have that mindset shift, it's not a big deal. But it can be daunting when you're like, oh my God, I should be sleeping right now. I should be sleeping. Um, Even now when I have trouble sleeping, I'm like, Renee, calm down. Like you're going to have a bad night of sleep. It's not the end of the world. Like you're going to be okay. But there's this thing about being up in the middle of the night and not being able to sleep that can feel so upsetting. And you just need to be like, okay, I'm going to be up at four in the morning and that's okay. Like big whoop. I'll be a little bit tired tomorrow. Maybe I won't go out shopping like I said I would. Again, putting yourself first. If you made plans to do something, but then you didn't sleep last night, it's okay to cancel them. Put yourself first. Put yourself first. If you're tired, stay home. When the baby naps, chill. Can't stress that enough. Somebody said to only listen to the mom room. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Uh, somebody mentioned pelvic floor physio. Heck yeah. I have so many episodes on pelvic floor things. So important. Nobody talks about it. Like in the realm of being pregnant and going to the doctor and doing all the things, why does this should just be a part of our standard care when you get pregnant? It should start right away do the exam, figure out where you're weak, where you're too tense, what you need to do to sort it out. It should just be a part of our regular healthcare for women that get pregnant. Pelvic floor physio, make an appointment. Somebody said zipper onesies only, couldn't agree more. You do not want to wake up. You never, not even in the middle of the night. Do you know how annoying it is to do up the little baby snaps? So annoying. Invest in zipper sleepers only. They also have zipper sleepers now where the zipper can start from the feet and go up. Like there's two zippers. Starts from the top, goes down, or the feet goes up. So you only have to take out their legs to change a diaper. Highly recommend. Buttons, nobody has time for snaps. Nobody has time for snaps. Also like make them bigger. Why are the snaps on baby onesies so tiny? Like, who is doing those snaps up? I don't even have big hands. 
And I would be like, like you're, you're trying to like connect the snaps. It's like a whole thing. And then God forbid you fucked up and it's not even, you snapped a snap into the snap that it wasn't supposed to go in. You got to start all over. Nobody has time. Zipper onesies only. Um, and I will end on this one because I want to give a little bit of a book review. Everything is temporary. I know I already said it, but that is such a good mindset to have as a parent in general. Everything is temporary. You know, when they're giving you a hard time at bedtime, it can feel like, oh my God, like we're not going to get any sleep. And then it's over in 10 minutes and they're like sleeping soundly. You're like, oh, that was, you know, you just got to, everything is temporary. I still struggle with this and I lose my cool sometimes. I'm trying to get better. I'm trying to be more zen. Yoga is helping. Everything is temporary. So if they're having a meltdown, you're having a terrible evening, whatever it is, just keep like say that in your mind. Everything is temporary. Okay, let's do a little bit of a book review because so many people were like wanted to know about the school for good mothers. Here's the here's my thing about books, okay? I don't want to have to dive into thoughts and discussion questions and trying to make sense of what I just read and connecting the dots and like, oh, but what's the bigger message that they're trying? I don't want that. I just want to read a story that is at face value a good story. I don't want to be like, it's like with the lessons in chemistry thing. Uh, Alex was like going into this like deep dive of how, you know, because a man died, like it brought all these women together. And I was like, no, like I, I don't want to have to do a PhD in what the author was trying to <laughs> like present through the story. Just tell me a good story. So I liked the beginning of the book and where I thought it was going to go. Um, the middle part, the whole middle part where she's actually at the school for good mothers, it was just like too much. And like, I understood, like, she's trying to point out the, um, what do you call it? Like the, uh, oh my God, I can't think of the word. The like societal expectations that are totally, I'm blanking on the word, of motherhood. And so they're making a point of that, like in the school, but it went on for too long. I didn't care. I thought it was kind of silly. Um, and then at the end, I you like usually if I'm not enjoying a book, I will stop reading it. But I really wanted to figure out or like know how this book ended. So I took someone's advice and I just skimmed through quickly. And even the ending, I was like, really? I didn't have to skim through for this. Like, I don't know. I was expecting something more and I was just like, meh, I don't know. I, I'm like, I'm happy that book was written and I like that it points out all these ridiculous expectations of moms and I just didn't love the story. Um, just wasn't into it after a while. Right now I started, I'm on like chapter eight or nine of the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires. It is so good. It is so good so far. And I hope it just continues to be good like this. Yeah. So I highly recommend that, especially this time of year. We're getting into Halloween. Um, very exciting. So that's my book update. And 
just a little funny anecdote from the weekend. I spent the weekend at my parents' house and maybe you're like, oh, like, what do you and your family talk about when you're sitting around together? And my sister was playing this old country playlist. It's like country music from the 90s, which was so fun. Like, oh my God, how good is country music from the 90s? So she was playing Alan Jackson's... um, Way down yonder on the Chattahoochee Never knew how much a muddy water meant to me But I learned how to swim and I learned who I was A lot about living and a little about love Okay, so anyways, there's a line in that song that's like It gets hotter than a hoochie-coochie And my sister was like saying how Mikey, her fiancé was like, what is he saying in that line? And my sister said, it gets hotter than a hoochie's coochie meaning like a hoochie a woman of some kind her coochie which you would then think is you know her nether regions I was like Liza that's not what he's saying she's like yes it is it gets hotter than a hoochie's coochie I'm like there's no plural so I google the lyrics and I'm right he's just saying it gets hotter than a hoochie coochie and so if you google what a hoochie coochie is The definition is like a belly dancer almost. So you would say like a belly dancer is hot. Like they're, you know, beautiful, like on stage belly dancing, whatever. Not temperature hot, but like looks wise, like, ooh. And so he's just saying it gets hotter than a hoochie coochie, not a hoochie's coochie. And so anyways, that's, (laughs) I was like, I need to tell people what just transpired in this Thanksgiving weekend. So it is, it gets hotter than a hoochie coochie, not a hoochie's coochie. And I will leave you with that. So you're welcome for that 90s country lesson. Maybe that'll be a new segment, 90s country lesson. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening. If you haven't already, please rate, review, subscribe. Subscribe on YouTube. We're almost at 2,000 subscribers. Like, I don't know why that makes me excited, YouTube is just a whole other beast. And I'm like, oh my God, 2,000 subscribers on YouTube? Like, it's just too exciting. So look up the Mom Room Podcast on YouTube. Subscribe. Thank you so much. This, you know, I was trying to explain to Milo this morning what I do as a job. And I was like, I have to go record an episode today. And he's like, why do you record so many episodes? I was like, that's what I do for work. And he's like, why do mommies record episodes and daddies?" work at the hospital. I was like, no, like everybody has (laughs) different jobs. Anyways, it's a whole thing. Thanks guys. Um, until next time, hope everybody has a great weekend and hope your children sleep tonight and don't cause a fuss and come out of their room 400 times. All right. Bye.